It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, you ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who, who? Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Well, what matters in Tennessee football on this Thursday is the transfer portal. And I'm joined by Caleb Calhoun. Amanda, as I was uh, yesterday, feeling a little bit under the the weather. So uh, think of her. I'm sure she'll be fantastic. And we will miss her today. But uh, Caleb Calhoun, man, the transfer portal. Now, I've covered a lot of recruiting, as you know, and I've uh, covered recruiting that headed into National Signing Day where there could be a tremendous amount of buzz and commitments falling left and right. But I'm not sure that I've, I've seen many days just where commitments, in this case the transfer portal, dropped like they did yesterday. Three in one day. The balls are very, very, very active, and just curious, uh, your thoughts, a tight end, an offensive lineman, and a kicker, we'll go through them more, but man, that was that was a busy day on a Wednesday. It was. I think what stood out the most, <clears throat> sorry, um, what stood out the most to me was just that they filled direct needs with the portal, which um, it seems that's what Heifel's been doing. They... Um, they added a, we just talked about Miles Campbell's transfer last week and what type of negative impact that could have because Princeton Fant 
is gone. I think you said that Jacob Ward told you he's not coming back, right? Even Jacob though he has a year of eligibility. Jacob said before the season that he was he was going to transfer. Now, a, a lot of things you know have happened. He I don't think he had quite the season. I'm I, he hasn't told me this. I'm I don't want to put words in his mouth. Okay, so but I don't think he had quite the season from a reception standpoint he wanted to have. Um, and I think he's doing really well in NIL money here included. And so I think they're, you know, I, if, if I'm him, I look at it and I think it's been a long time. I probably want to go to the NFL. I'm ready for that step, but I wonder, and I haven't spoken to him in a, several weeks about, uh, him maybe relooking at that, but as of what we know now, he is planning on moving on to the NFL, the, to the best of my knowledge. Okay. Um, so if he does, then yeah, this is a bit, the tight end McCollin Castles is a big pickup. He only had one catch last year for, um, 15 yards, but, um, it was, and he's, he's actually comes, he's actually from 2018, funny enough. So he's been in, he's been in college football for a little while. Um, don't know what Tennessee is going to get with him, but he at least fills some sort of void that they have. Same is true with Larry Johnson III, a community college transfer on the offensive line. Massive lineman, I think 6'7", I think like 350, something like that. Um, with Darnell Wright leaving, um, you could definitely see him having some sort of impact. And then, yeah, uh, getting a kicker. And, um, um, oh my gosh, my mind is, oh, Charles Campbell. Uh, yeah, getting a kicker and Charles Campbell. Chase McGrath is going to be gone. There's going to be open competition for that in the spring. Um, I think Heupel... We saw this last year with the transfer portal. He's very particular who he goes after in the portal. He recruits for talent. He uses the portal to fill needs. Um, we saw last year him adding Andre Tarantine and Wesley Walker in the portal. Unfortunately for Tennessee, Andre Tarantine didn't really, must have not just panned out this year for them. Maybe he will in the future. Um, Wesley Walker, I think, came on down the stretch a bit. Um, but that, you know, he, he went for defensive backs last year because he knew what he knew he had a need. But, you know, I, I say that if he, if he has a chance to get rare talent, he'll do it too, because he had a brew McCoy and it's not like there was a need at receiver. There turned out to be a need at receiver because Cedric Tillman got hurt. But I guess it, on a general scale, I think he is, he pays a lot of attention to the needs and where he, what he needs to go with um, in the portal. And that's a good sign for Tennessee going forward. I, even though it's not one day, I will say I can't remember all the days, but I don't. I still don't. I there's still a long way to go to consider yesterday to make this year crazier than the transfer portal year from 2020 to 2021 for Tennessee. That was insane. That's the well, and the, yeah, and I I wasn't covering it then, so I would certainly, uh, uh, yeah, I wasn't covering it closely then. I was actually covering another team, so I will definitely take your word for that. But. I was just surprised by how quickly, you know, we're not even talking about visits. The, the Castles kid, the tight end, hasn't even been on campus, and he's he's good to go, and he's going to show up in 30-degree weather. Will he still like it? I don't know. I mean, and please uh, click the thumbs-up button and the like button so we can bring more people in here. We greatly appreciate that. And if you haven't subscribed, only about 20% uh, of our regular viewers have subscribed. So, man, that means a lot. But especially that thumbs up button, we appreciate that. So, I mean, here's the – it's it's a business. It's even more aggressive than free agency in the NFL. It's kind of like the Odell Beckham situation. I mean, 
So if one of these guys comes in, has a bad spring, isn't a good fit, he has the ability to leave again. Um, it, you you know, you're only supposed to be able to transfer once and get immediate eligibility. But if you're a grad transfer, you can go ahead and get immediate eligibility. Uh, you can also apply for um, uh, you, you, you can apply to get immediate uh, eligibility on a second transfer. And those seem to always go through. So it's kind of like just bring in the herd, see what happens in spring practice. And to some extent, even the summer, you know, you had the Jalen Dixon running back who came in and he was in and out. And if they don't work out, see you later. I mean, the days of holding a scholarship for a guy is just it's just pretty much over. If you're not producing, you're out. And I think the kids understand that and appreciate the mobility. I hope they understand that. But, Caleb, it is just I mean, the world of college football is just 180 degrees from what it was six years ago when this all started to go in place. Oh yeah. And it is very much, if you're a kid, it is a, you have to weigh multiple things. Now, just from the transfer portal, you have to know if you want to bet on yourself, you lose a start. My, my theory, and I just say this and I I'm sorry, I don't know how you feel about it, Dave, but I've covered enough college football to know that if you don't win a starting job at a school, you're probably not going to win a starting job at another school at the same level. Like that, that normally that's most of the time that's on you. And, 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 and that moment, it's like, are you going to bet on yourself and take that risk when the school doesn't have to honor your scholarship if you do it? And then you could end up nowhere and no chance at a college education. And at the very least, if you stay at the school that recruited you and remain a backup, you can stay on scholarship for four years and graduate with a degree, you know, at the very least and get some NIL at the, at the same time. Yeah. Smoky Mountain Red said, I'm curious about that tight end talking about castles. Uh, Seems below the radar guy. He definitely is. Um, Smoky Mountain Red also said, I trust uh, CGH. Uh, Coach Josh Heupel can do something with him for sure. Here's the thing. When you when you judge this tight end, you want to see, I think he, what did he, did you say he only had one catch? One catch. And that was his, last year would have been, should have been his fifth year at the college level. So. Okay. It's... So you're gambling, to, you're gambling on one of two things. He's a very good blocking tight end, or they just haven't thrown him the ball. And you've seen him in a workout or some shape, form, or fashion, and he is able to catch the ball. But here's what you're you're able to judge him on more so than a high school prospect, Caleb. Can the cat get open? Can he read coverages? Is he athletic enough in his lateral and his speed overall to get open? So that's what Josh Heupel's decision to extend him a scholarship tells me right there as far as the, he, he may have the worst hands in the world but I don't think that's going to be the case but he, he's telling you right there by offering him a scholarship he can get open he can read coverages I need to correct myself I have massive apology guys I'm really 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 sorry um he had one catch when he played at Cal back in 2019 he had a lot more when he played at UC Davis last the last couple of years he okay. was all big sky. I, I apologize for that. That's totally my my fault. <laughs> no, it happens. We didn't even know who the guy was 36 hours ago. So, no, totally understandable. So, yeah, he's he's proven his ability to catch the football. And I, yeah, I don't. But not at this level. Well, not at this level. True. Can he run away from guys? Can he find open pockets? And the other thing that's so neat about Josh Heupel's offense 
is it's pretty simplistic. I hate gimmicky. I'm okay with simplistic. You know, the triple option was simplistic. We've talked <laughs> before, Caleb. So people should be able to come in and, and step in and have an impact even more so than the defense. I felt like the defense last year was the major emphasis, right, with Turrentine Walker and, and you know, all those guys and bringing, bringing guys in, and that was the major emphasis to bring guys that could have an impact in the, in the portal and recruiting. But I feel like offensively, if they didn't really need to go there last year, I mean, you saw Cedric Tillman got hurt and they still had depth. But this offense is a plug-and-play offense, period, end of discussion. If you want to step in and you can read the safety and you play tight end or receiver, you're fine. If you understand zone read concepts, which almost every high school runs, you're fine as a running back. So, I mean, they're re- they're semi-difficult reads as a quarterback, but I don't even think those are that hard. And I think that Tennessee still, and I want to discuss this later in the program, should bring in a quarterback and – um, John said offense is simple if you get your reads correct. Yeah, and I don't think they're difficult reads, Caleb. I just I look at this offense and I I think it's it's a lot like option football where you read the defensive end. The difference is you're reading the safety. I don't think it's difficult. I think guys can step in and have a fantastic impact. I, I agree. It's actually it's funny the NCAA football video game went out in 2014 it's good that it's coming back because i have to be honest this is the ultimate ncaa football offense i can't tell you how easy the reads were to make when you were playing the computer in ncaa football um back in the day and you didn't really have to open up your playbook a lot of times and you have to open it up a lot more in madden old madden new madden gameplay's horrible but you didn't really have to open up your playbook for ncaa football but man if you could, it, it, this is this is the dream offense, and it hasn't been around since it wasn't around when the last NCAA football game came out. So, man, this is it's going to be excited to see how they incorporate this um, in that game. Smoky Mountain Red said, "I'm excited to see how they do uh, in the portal uh, in the game." I, I think you're talking about in the portal right now, Smoky Mountain Red, and um, I, yes, I, I'm I'm excited to watch how this portal just plays out for a team like Tennessee because a team there is no team right now that is in a better position than Tennessee. And that sounds like I'm just being grandiose because most of our listeners are, are Tennessee fans and I'm really not. And I say that because they've had success, but they still have holes to fill. If you're, if you're judging between let's say, okay, for instance, Deion Sanders is in the news. If you're trying to decide between Tennessee and Colorado, well, Colorado's a rebuild. I don't care if they bring in 15 guys in the transfer portal. That's still a massive rebuild, okay? So you're probably not going to win 10 games this year. So I could see why you would pick Tennessee. Let's say the decision is between Tennessee and Georgia. Well, Tennessee has holes to fill. At Georgia, you could transfer because you want to play right away and sit for a year, depending on which position. I just think Tennessee is in a peach spot. I was talking to John Adams on our YouTube channel about this. And yeah, if you look at the schedule next year, I know you and I've talked about a rebuild. I think another nine or 10 win season could be on the docket because the way the schedule lines up again, I think that Tennessee is aggressive in NIL. And this was before they got three guys yesterday and the transfer portal. 
Yeah, I just uh, – I mean, it, it seems almost too easy for Tennessee to take another step up. Maybe not in 2023, but in the pretty pretty near future, Caleb. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, the stars have been aligning for a long time for, 20, for a 2024 national championship run, and I'm sticking with that. I mean, I, I'm going to make – you know what? I'm going to do something no one's ever done. I'm predicting a 2024 national championship for Tennessee Look, right yeah. now, guys. Caleb. 2020. Four. No one's ever done it two seasons out. Okay, this is like when uh, what was the magazine that predicted the Astros would win the World Series in 2017 back in 2013? Now I don't know if they knew they were going to cheat to do it, but <laughs> they picked them to win it like five years out. Looking at their farm system, looking at Tennessee recruiting, looking at what they've done, looking at the schedule, looking at everything. I'm calling it. Tennessee is going to be 2024 national champions, guys. Put it on. Put record this right now. Save it. It's happening. Um, what I will, yes, I know (laughs) what I will say is that, um, with, uh, it's funny you bring up Deion Sanders because I thought about this the other day. One school that really probably could have given Tennessee trouble because they're near Tennessee, even though there's a state separating them would have been Cincinnati. Cause you know, Cincinnati's about to join power five, the power five. They're about to join the big 12. They are clearly a successful program. They're going to need to upgrade their talent a little bit now that they're in Power 5 play, and I think they're going to be very attractive for a lot of people. One, they're in Ohio, which is a much better recruiting ground than Colorado is, and they're the only other school there outside of Ohio State. Um, And on top of that, I mean, yeah, I I think that you're not really taking a step back if you go to Cincinnati, and like Tennessee, you would have a chance to really step in and compete immediately. I think I know you talked about Deion Sanders not taking the Auburn job, I think Tennessee's lucky he didn't go to Cincinnati. That would have given them some trouble too, honestly. Yeah, just because. It, yeah, and not to get too sidetracked, but did you see who Dion hired as his offensive coordinator? Sean Lewis, maybe the only other guy that likes to run as high a tempo as Josh Heupel. So the theory is, from some people I've talked to, is that you have the high altitude. And the high altitude, they want to have their athletes at such peak condition that they want their home field advantage to be go, 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 and the altitude get to people. I just, I I know Dion's flash, and that doesn't sell in the South, but I'm telling you that will be a 10-win team by 2024. I have no doubt in my mind, and their roster is horrible. If you watch that video, only about 40 dudes showed up for Dion's introductory press conference. That's a sign of a culture problem. I don't know about you, Caleb, but if I get a text on my phone from the group text and the football team that says, announcing new coach, it's Deion Sanders. Unless I'm in some sort of mission trip in Haiti, I'm going to be at that meeting. The dudes that weren't at that meeting, that means that Dion has more scholarships uh, to give. So I want to get back to Tennessee, the down and dirty at 30 today, brought to you by... Zach England, a best and brought personal injury attorney in the Chattanooga area that can go toe to toe with those insurance lawyers. Zach England of Best and Brock is absolutely phenomenal. Zach's got your back. He brings you Ron Slay. I think we're going to have Ron on tomorrow. I was uh, under the weather yesterday, so I apologize for that. But we're with you when we're not sick, especially each and every weekday at uh, 8.30. And Amanda, a little bit under the weather, so we've got it going on all over, but uh, she will be back with us uh, very, very soon. So 
Uh, again, hit that like button. Hit the thumbs up button if you're just joining us because we got a big show on tap. We're going to visit with Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. And we're also going to have this day in Tennessee sports history. We're going to have a little message board bingo that somehow Caleb's going to have to pull off because I don't know how else we can pull it off because Mandy usually does that. So give that some thought. Headed up as we are we are off and running. Okay, so I did. If you want to go to offthehooksports.com, we greatly appreciate that. Really amped up the coverage there. And Caleb is knocking. Both Caleb's are absolutely knocking it out of the park. Um, Caleb Jaro uh, handles a lot of recruiting for us. And we all know Caleb Calhoun's fantastic and what he brings to the table from a historic perspective and being on top of stuff. We greatly appreciate that. Love the gambling tips. Love the basketball coverage as we continue to expand on offthehooksports.com. So make that a weekly drop-in. I know we push social media like crazy, probably annoy you at some point, but we we want you to make that a daily drop-in. So I'm still barking up that tree, and uh, some people got on to me at Twitter, uh, or on YouTube, I should say, and Twitter, because they say, no, Tennessee doesn't need a quarterback in the transfer portal, and that, They've they've got uh, Nico Iamaleva, and you're just going to scare him away. And listen, the transfer portal closes on January the 15th, okay? So he's already going to be enrolled at that point. And I don't think whatsoever that Nico is going to be afraid of competition. I wouldn't worry about that at all. Um, now, if, if Tennessee went out and got Drake May from North Carolina, maybe that changes things. But what I'm talking about when Tennessee goes out and gets a quarterback is they go out, Caleb, and they get a stopgap type of guy. I believe firmly Tennessee should get a quarterback in the transfer portal at some point because I've got questions about Joe Milton. I know you like Taven Jackson, and I do too. But Taven Jackson hasn't proven himself yet at a competitive level in college football. And then lastly, you have Nico. Nico may be incredible, but guys, I covered Jonathan Crompton too. And there were issues there, partly his fault, partly not. He was a five-star guy. He was a lock. There was no question. And he didn't hit his stride till the middle of his senior year. Caleb, to say that a freshman's just going to step in and no doubt he's the guy is a little foolish in my opinion. I agree. Um, it's funny because that was a big mistake. And, you know, we all thought Crompton was the guy. I remember watching that and there was no, there wasn't even a competition for him to be the starter after Eric Gaines left. He was just named it. Um, and I don't believe, I, I don't believe in naming a starter when you have open competition, if you don't have a returning starter quarterback, I've never believed in that. That, and, that case was a little bit different because I, I do know Lane um, and, and Lane at the time, thought he was by far the best option for one and two that his confidence had been shattered. So he named him the starter. Now, had they I was talking the year before though with Fulmer and Clawson. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Now um okay, yeah, different year. No, I don't have a problem with that being open. I do know that David Cutcliffe really liked BJ Coleman and that when that changed Coleman left and um so yeah, totally different situation. So go ahead with your point. My apologies. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, I, it's funny. I was out on BJ Coleman too. I met him one time. Firmest handshake in the history of like he is, a, he, he is a handshaker. It's funny you bring that up. <laughs> yes. he, is, he is a very good handshaker. 
<laughs> yes. Um, so as far as – so I do believe in competition. I'm with you. Now, from Josh Heupel's perspective, you have three quarterbacks coming in. If you aren't going for another quarterback because you think you are fine and you want to use that scholarship elsewhere, you and I disagree with him on that. But if he wants to do that, that's fine. If he's not going for another quarterback because he's worried about how it will affect Nico, Josh Heupel's already developing a bad culture at Tennessee if he's doing that. Um, I'm sorry. I, I I say this all the time. You know, we're, you know, people who follow and cover recruiting, I think, oversell and overemphasize these tiny little details every now and then. Oh, this competition, this affects it, this affects it. I'm like, if these things affect whether or not a recruit comes to your school, you probably don't want that recruit at your school to begin with. Um, I remember, I know, I know, you, I know you're not a fan of him recruiting. I will say that. And, and I get it. I understand the criticism of Derek Dooley's recruiting. But I remember Derek Dooley. Nailed a couple of guys at the end, that first signing class from Lane Kiffin to Derek Dooley. Derek Dooley did get a couple of guys late. And their only visit to Tennessee was like during a snowstorm on I-75 I was backed up, basically. And they, they were late getting there. It was a snowstorm. It was rough. And a couple of them committed. And Derek Dooley was asked, how did you get those guys amidst the snowstorm? And Dooley said it right. He said, guys, it snowed. That happens. If a kid's not going to come to the school because he doesn't like what it looks like during the snow, you probably don't want him. <laughs> and that was, I mean, that Derek Rogers when Lance Thompson drove all the way was down. Was it Derek Rogers that did it? I think, yeah, I think Lance Thompson got in a snowstorm and drove down there and picked him up, which was, oh, a, wow, which was an NCAA violation. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, it's worth it. was a violation worth it. If Derek, if Derek Rogers had not gotten in trouble, he, Gosh, could you imagine that 2012 offense with him, Justin Hunter, and Cordero Patterson? That was already great. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I just think there was a lot of goofiness going on there. But you, you and I differ a little bit on on Derek Dooley, but I will stand by history. Uh, AndyMasonRealEstate.com will stand by you. Over 40 years of experience in that office at AndyMasonRealEstate.com. And if you don't call Andy, there's a good chance you're going to make a huge monstrous mistake that'll cost you thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. You don't want to do that. Smoky Mountain Red said he thinks it was Cordero Patterson. It might have been, but... No, that was was two years. Cordero Patterson was a desperation pickup by Dooley after the team was kind of falling apart. I'm pretty sure it was Derek Rogers. But anyway... Better example, why don't I say Peyton Manning? His visit to Tennessee was during the ice storm in 94, and he's still committed. Okay, I didn't know that. Andy Mason, uh, andymasonrealestate.com. Don't make a mistake that's going to cost you thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. Andy Mason Real Estate is uh, there for you, and you're absolutely going to love Andy because he has the best prices and the best service in the biz and we we've got an uh, announcement that's going to come up here in a couple of days and that's going to be uh, an event that we want you to take part in and it's going to be around national signing day or the first day of the transfer portal opening and uh, it's going to be at zool beer company uh, xulbeer.com they have worldwide award-winning craft beer and they are simply awesome so uh, if, if you look at this offensive line it needs to be rebuilt. We're going to talk about that with Chris Landry. And I thought they got off to a good start uh, yesterday. Um, these these community college kids nowadays, it's not like when I covered recruiting closely. 
a lot of the days, um, a lot of the kids came in with baggage back in those days. You just don't see that as much anymore. It seems like guys make the transfer. They realize that it's it's a different set of facilities. Um, man, I've been to some of those community colleges. And, buddy, I, I can tell you from covering recruiting in the area, within 50 square miles, you have, um, I would say, 25 high schools with nicer facilities than the community colleges in Mississippi. I mean, it is literally go stand outside while somebody else does their squat workout because there's not enough room in the weight room to be able to have the full team in there. I mean, it's wow. It's so when they get to a place like Tennessee and they see that, they're like, this is my shot. And I see kids going to community college nowadays to develop their game more. It used to just be a grades issue, but I don't see that being an issue. It used to be a character issue. Um, Alvin Kamara actually kind of erased that from my mind. I don't see. And, um, you know, there've been some guys that Tennessee's had, uh, you know, community college to me used to be always like, uh, there's about a 30% chance he works out. Now I think it's just like recruiting. Now that recruiting, if you look at any, class caleb and and if you want to do this if you just have free time over the weekend which i know you don't but if you do look at any class 50 percent were actual contributors 50 percent weren't any class yeah I, <laughs> bizarre i would agree with you um and honestly this is community college in general like you know even like for like from an academia standpoint when I was coming out of high school, it was, you know, you go to the four-year college at the start because that's where the academic kids go. But now I think there's a, because of the insanely skyrocketing cost of college, yeah, go to community college for two years, transfer your courses in, you graduate, you get the same degree that the person who went to the four-year school graduated with. And so I think the stigma around community college is kind of dead. There, there's no, I don't think there's any stigma around it anymore. I looking back, I would have gone to community college for two years if I could save myself some money. <laughs> and that's, um, that's what my son's doing. And then he's going to spend a whole lot of money here in the next couple of years. So, but he's not a football player. GIAplantoday.com, Guardian Investment Advisors. Thanks to video conferencing, they can give you the best financial advice in the nation. Tell you where to put your money, why <laughs> to put your money there. So you get the why, you get the background, you get the knowledge of this is what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. And tell you what, inflation, they got that covered. And it ain't great, but they're going to make sure that they take that into account with your investments. Two minutes, Chris Landry, get his thoughts on Tennessee's newest commitments and more. Stay tuned. This is Off Thug Sports. Give me two minutes has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. 
Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. This is Al's Dish Barbecue Supplies, so come on in and see all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed, we have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food, and we'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, but Chattanooga goes to grill. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Doctors Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at CCTIs.com. Please allow me to introduce myself. We pick this song each and every time that Chris Landry's on because a lot of people don't know that he is a huge Rolling Stones fan, a huge Led Zeppelin fan, and a Run DMC fan. Those are his three favorite bands right there of all time. Chris, is that fair to say that you're a Zeppelin, Stones, Run DMC, those are the top three? Sure. I'll go with whatever you say, man. I, <laughs> I'm i sure they're good. I'm sure they're good. For those that don't know, I'm, I'm, Chris Chris is the one person that, you will ha- that we will have on this show that knows less about pop culture than me. So he is the one guy. So we are not your pop culture aficionados, but we can mm. talk. we can talk football. Chris, I, last year I didn't cover the the transfer portal. That uh, you know we were kind of getting this uh, whole website stuff uh, up and running. And um, man, this is frantic and kind of fun. I don't know what it's like for you because you do consulting work with the NFL teams and you do scouting reports. What's it like for you? How has it changed Chris Landry's world? And if you don't go to LandryFootball.com to learn more about football then you just lost your mind. Well worth the subscription. Check it out. But Chris, I mean, when you look at this uh, transfer portal, I mean, it's flying. It just opened Monday. Tennessee has three commitments and they're flying everywhere. Well, it's, um, it's chaotic. Um, I, I think it's maybe fun for everybody, but the people that work in football that, that, <laughs> that are, that are coaches and everything, because, 
I, I think it's fun for the fans. I think they think, oh, great players are in the portal. Let's go get them. And they have no idea who can play and who can't. You know, so one of the things we try to do, and we keep track of all the folks that are, well, what we try to do, and we got something on Landry football, though. I've got like 35 guys that that was as of yesterday. And I'll add to it as guys go in. These are the guys that I think are really good that I think can help people. There are others because they're going to come in, but that's what you got to focus on. Um, yeah. Cause a thousand guys go in the portal in 24 hours. Uh, most of them can't help you can't play and they're in the portal. <coughs> well, excuse me. Uh, because they're not, good enough to they either been pushed in the portal or they see that they're not good enough or they feel that they're better than they are. And so it's a lot like NFL free agency. You can help yourself by filling in a couple of needs, but if you're going to build a program through the portal, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to be consistently successful because what you're getting is you're getting guys that again, one of it's one of a few things they're not real competitive because they don't want to stay and, and, and try to win a job. They want to go where it's maybe a better opportunity. Well, you know, that's not real good. Uh, if they're not good enough, then maybe they were ranked with a lot of stars. But, you know, that, that, that just only means what type of a potential they have. Uh, how good a player they are is that plus how hard you work, how committed you are. And, Look, it's just a byproduct of today. Uh, guys want things to be given to them more than having to earn them. So I, I say you have to be careful, and I think the elite programs, you will see a number of them send guys into the portal, and they'll try to fill in needs. But I think it's about, you know, to me, it's it's about trying to figure out which ones are the right fits. And um, it's a challenge, and it's a real challenge, which is why – you know, all these staffs are so big now, guys, because you have to study college players like NFL teams study pro players. It's it's like part of in my consulting business that I've done the past couple of years. This has been a big help uh, to my work is that, you know, I've trained college programs how to set up what we call a pro personnel system, which is studying other college players. Because you can't sit there and say, oh, wow, this guy went in the portal. Let's break out the tape and watch him, and then let's see if we want him. you gotta, you got to have, have studied that for a long time at this point. So when a guy gets in the portal, you already know, yay or nay, we want to go after the guy or not. And obviously 95% of the time it's nay because there are too many players in the portal, and most of them in the portal for a reason. Okay, let so me- Chris, I want to talk about um- – Oh, sorry, Dave, were you going to say something? No, that's fine. I was just going to let everybody know that uh, Thursday night football tonight, to get out to Big Orange Phillies, have a fantastic time. Big Orange Phillies is family-friendly. They have billiards. They have darts. Uh, they have fantastic food. So over the weekend as well, we're in bowl season. So just plan on going as soon as you get off work, like at 5 o'clock every day. Big Orange Phillies on Maynardville Pike. It is close to North Knoxville and close to Maynardville, so it's a great place to hang out. Should be very happy that you have a place like Big Orange Phillies there. Mr. Viles does a great job. I'm sorry, Caleb, go right ahead. It's okay. Um, Chris, About uh, it's funny. About a decade ago, before all this kind of started with the transfer portal, I saw Dabo Swinney as, a, as an example of a program on the rise because he seemed so player-friendly. And one of the examples of him being player-friendly was if a player didn't win a starting job at Clemson, 
he kind of encouraged them to go to the transfer portal and he seemed like he was just trying to help the player out for his future. I feel like it's reversed now. I feel like now coaches are going to start abusing that, encouraging players to enter the portal, as you said, to fill their own needs, not really caring about what's best for that player who may not be able to go somewhere else. And if they enter the portal, they just lost a scholarship. They may not land somewhere else. And now they may not even get an education at the end of the day. Well, that's the unintended consequences of, well, let's just let players go anywhere they want. Sounds great. Player friendly, right? You know, no, you're right. It's, you know, you sit there and tell guys, look, your future here, this is kind of how we see you. And basically telling them you got to kind of move on. Not, not, uh, nobody really does it quite like, you know, Dion did it publicly in front of a camera and saying it the way he did it. But that there's a lot of that is we're going to, you're not as good as we thought uh, you were. And, you haven't progressed like we thought. So we're going to use your scholarship somewhere else. So we'll, you know, this is what we're advising you to do. And yeah, it gives the school a chance to take that scholarship and reuse it again. Another bite at the apple. We'll see if, see if we can make the other guy work. So it's not player friendly. Uh, it's player friendly for the ones that people, players that maybe people have a familiarity with, maybe some of the bigger name guys. Well, those guys, can move on and go somewhere else. Um, but it's the majority of them that you maybe don't know their names. You're right. Uh, most of them, uh, most of them don't have a home to go to. And it's always usually having to go down a level and sometimes two levels. And some of them are even a non-scholarship program. So that's, that's why it is difficult because some of them are not making a decision to go into the portal. Some of them uh, are basically kind of pushed into it and, um, it's that's, that's Chris, it, 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 yeah, no, Chris, it reminds me of people used to say you can't pull a scholarship from a prospect who maybe flounders in his senior year. You don't have to, you just stop calling him, and then he figures out that oh, they don't like me anymore, and I'm not going to play there, and usually he decommits. Well, for people who are a little younger may not know, when I was a recruiting coordinator, I mean, this is how it worked. Um, you never offered scholarships. I mean, it was rare. You might have, and I mean really rare, you might have one or two guys in the summer prior to their senior year that you might have offered a scholarship to. Right. You didn't offer scholarships until their senior year. No one did. That was a big, important part of the evaluation process of the player. I mean, you're telling me you're not going to evaluate his senior year in high school before you offer him a scholarship? Well, guess what? Now that you're offering him early, there are two things that happen. One, you're going to miss on guys more. <laughs> you're not evaluating their senior year because you offer them before then. And so if, if, if a player – gets better, which a lot of them do. Some of them level out, which a lot of them do. You've maybe made a wrong decision on, well, we, we think these three guys are better than these three guys now. And so you have to deal with that. But when you make back then, you waited. You not only had a chance to evaluate it more, you can evaluate the person more. They could get to know you longer as a staff and you could get to know their family better. So when you waited and you 
basically made the entire process more of an evaluation process, then you you didn't pull a scholarship because at that point it was considered, um, you know, a, a low integrity move and, and, and kind of just not something it was you were persona non grata. Well, now with the early commitments and doing all this early, you're going to make more mistakes. You're not going to know the, the kid as well. And the kids are not going to know you as well. Well, then you're going to make more mistakes. And well, what's going to happen with that? Well, you get in the senior year, you don't absolutely 100% know that you're going to stay committed to that kid or that kid's going to stay committed to you. It's kind of where things are now. It's just that, it, look, it's in society, how many people in the old days worked for a company for 30 years? Now, I mean, people change jobs on average, I've, I've read somewhere two and a half years. It's just a different world. And, and the, the recruiting world has been reflective of that. And it really all started with, like when we had camps, you couldn't bring prospects to camp. I mean, you know, if they came to camp, you know, on their own and you did, but you didn't evaluate them. I mean, it just, it wasn't, that became what we're going to, this is what we're going to do. We're going to evaluate them. So in the end, what is considered, well, this is a good thing for the kid. They can commit early. That's great. Well, then the whole process is going to shift to where it's a little bit sooner. So now you get kids coming into college sooner. They're leaving college sooner, and the whole process has been pushed up. And when it's pushed up this far, you're going to make more mistakes. You're going to make more mistakes, then you're going to have this. Okay, well, now you got the portal. You can move on from guys now, and you can go get other guys. And so, okay, you didn't, you misevaluated a guy. Uh, you can go get a guy that has now performed well in college or late bloomers that are playing at a lower level that. Hey, it's really good. I got they got a kid at Harvard that I think is really good. They've got a kid at Shorter College who's a tight end that I think is outstanding. That that I mean, it, those guys weren't recruited for some of them because they were late bloomers. So it's a different way of doing it now. Yeah, and in the case of McAllen Castles, he hasn't even visited Knoxville and is committed. Uh, have you had a chance to look at him? What do you think of him? The tight end that Tennessee brought in yesterday as a commitment. Yeah, well, my friend Dan Hawkins, I don't know if people remember Dan. He coached yeah. at Boise State in Colorado and all that. He coached him, and um, he is – I've seen a little bit of tape on him. I've actually seen two games of him this year. That's all I've seen. Um, he was limited in one of the games they played. But he's a junior at UC Davis. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's a very productive kid at that level. Uh, he was um, a, a guy that, that I've looked at as – is someone that has some potential. He's, you know, he's 6'5", he's 233. He's a pass-receiving tight end. Um, I think he's got some growth room, and I think he's got uh, potential to maybe even be a next-level player. I thought um, he was, you know, one of the – I think there are about three uh, of uh, tight ends out of the Big Sky Conference that were pretty good tight ends that, that were pretty good. He, he was one of them, and uh, – so I think he's the guy that can help. He'll fit because he'll fit that kind of that flex tight end mode that they'll play. Um, but he's, you know, he's from um, South Lake Tahoe in California. And um, so, um, and, and he was, he was a pretty good high school player who just kind of went to Cal and then went away. So he was one of those guys that was a pretty good high school player. He wasn't a late bloomer, so to speak, but it's just kind of moved on and, um, and, and developed pretty nicely there. 
Um, the other one I'm going to ask you about, I'll, uh, we, I'm assuming the kicker will show up and he'll either do well or he won't. And he'll either be Tennessee's kicker or he won't. That's just kind of the way kickers work. But the, the other one came last night a little bit later, and you can read about him on offthehooksports.com. And uh, Tennessee is able to pick up three commitments in one day. And this one is Larry Johnson the third. I don't know if he's a relation to Grandmama uh, who played for the Hornets. See, I know, I know my guy Chris knows NBA too. <laughs> I, I don't think there's any any relation to that Larry Johnson, but what do you think? I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna check my notes here, but I don't, I don't, I don't think he is. I, you know what? Uh, good, good on you because um, I, I, I remember him very. Obviously, I remember Larry Johnson in UNLV days, but I, I didn't even think about that uh, to be honest with you. But yeah, he's a Big old guy. He's, you know, he's from Georgia, from Savannah, uh, if I can uh, recall. He's a big kid. He's 6'7", 350. Um, you know, he's, he's a really physical guy, as you might imagine. A little, little, bit, um, little bit of a waistbender, a little bit stiff. And, but, it, but they, you know, they like him as a pass protector. So, um, it, it, I didn't – you know, coming out, I remember um, – uh, they're not a lot of big time programs really, uh, really committed. And even at this point, you know, I think I'm trying to think, I think it was Syracuse and Houston. Um, I think Charlotte, which they got a new uh, coach, right? I think they, and maybe, maybe Florida Atlantic were the schools that recruited them along with Tennessee. So a uh, little bit uh, more, I don't, to me, you know, I know, he had some uh, issues, went to Hutchinson Junior, uh, Community College in Kansas. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know off the film and off the background. Um, I'm not as excited about him, but but we'll see. I don't know as, you know, I haven't really seen. Uh, I, I just don't see the foot quickness at tackle. But, you know, maybe it's a little little tall to play inside. But we'll, we'll see what their plans are for. Yeah, can a guy that size um... – play in a system in a tempo based system like what hypo runs that just it, i don't I, i've never thought that was possible well again and i don't i haven't seen them and i don't know i i do worry a little bit now remember offensive linemen don't run very far you know they block and they the most running they do is when they got a 12 yard cane and they got to run 12 <laughs> yards to get to the line of scrimmage but to your point you i mean it's it's not like defensive linemen defensive linemen is the most physically taxing position in football because you got to chase and run hard for 12 seconds. And then if you got to play a tempo offense and you got to run in and do it again, uh, I, I would work. I, I would question a little bit. Uh, I have not seen them in person, so I don't know how that 350 looks. You know what I mean? That there's, there's 350 and there's 350. He's six, seven. So there's a good possibility that he could be in pretty good shape and still carry that 350. But I would imagine there's some uh, there's some trimming off of that uh, they're probably going to need to do because I do think um, the tempo does have an effect. But you're going to have to – most of these guys coming out of high school, most of these guys are going to have to – I mean, to play, to prepare for this, conditioning is going to be a big part of it. The cardiovascular work is going to be even bigger when you're playing a tempo-style offense. But you know, a lot of guys are doing that in high school now. So, yeah. Um, and then uh, Alabama, correct me if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're, they're having 
a pretty active transfer portal in terms of guys going out. What insight can you give us to that? And who's well, and who do you like? Well, um, there's some guys that are talented, but and I can't speak for every one of them. I really can't, and it may take a while to to know. But there's rarely a guy that leaves that program that they want to stay. They're really good. They're the best at explaining the guys to not leave early for the draft or to not go in the transfer portal if they want them. Now, you know, they don't tell Bryce Young and Will Anderson, to not, you know, they'll tell them, look, we love you to stay. It's better for you to go. You're going to be drafted high. But yeah. they're really good at that. So I would say it's just be really careful there because um, you're getting a lot of, Highly rated guys with a lot of stars, but they make mistakes too in the evaluation process. So, I mean, like, for example, if you're excited about Tommy Brockemeyer, I don't know what happened. I mean, I know his dad. I scouted his dad, Blake Brockemeyer at Texas. He was in that Baselli draft and he was outstanding. And his sons haven't done, I mean, they haven't busted a grape since they've been on Alabama's campus. So, I mean, you, you, and, and that, and that's been a problem on that offensive line. So you got to wonder. You're not getting developed there. I mean, you got to make sure that you know what you're getting. So, I mean, if you're, I mean, I remember Jahil Billingsley and left and Texas brought him in. And and then, you know, they've got some guys that are really talented. But I know of, not all of them, but I know about three of them that they're really good, that they really liked. Couldn't get them to show up time for meetings. They couldn't, I mean, Hmm. you know, so you're, you're dealing with a lot of stuff. I just. You know, be careful because not many people run away from those type of programs. It's not like, uh, you know, there's some places the, the rats leaving the ship and things are not good and coaches are leaving and, you know, the position coach, you know, but I'd be very leery. It's enticing to say big four-star guy, but you got to be re- – you got to do your homework and kind of figure out what is the reason behind every one of those. So basically what you're saying is for every Alvin Kamara, there's probably 20 other dudes. Yes. And Alvin is a perfect example of a guy that just didn't do a whole lot. And and to be honest with you, Alvin is still kind of, I mean, he's matured more, but he's still kind of a guy that kind of does things his way, even in the NFL, he's extremely talented and, you know, um, for Butch, he, I know what happened with him, but with, with Butch is Alvin didn't practice hard. He, you know, when he had to get rehab in the training room, he didn't do it. He, you know, so he was a guy that was hard to coach, but he was really talented. And when he, when he goes on and has a great NFL career and, and particularly when you're Butch Jones and you get fired and, 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 and everything, you say, well, what a, what a dope. Well, you know, yeah, you know, I think the the key is why couldn't you reach him? But, you know, Alabama didn't either. You know, they they had some some issues there. So, look, I mean, I mean, I go all the way back to Randy Moss. I mean, let me remind you that Randy Moss went to Notre Dame. And Lou Holtz said, I just I can't I can't deal with this guy. So he sent him to his good friend Bobby Bowden at Florida State. 
And Bobby was is as easy on players, you know, kind of letting them ride, be their own person type as, as much as any of the really good coaches. And Bobby Bob said, boy, I'm sorry, but you got to go. We got to sit. And that's that's when he, he left and went home to Marshall. And we know what Randy Moss became. At some point, maybe they figure it out. But there's always that criticism of, well, why didn't Lou Holtz and and uh, Bobby Bout? My God, how many? You know, he had Dion, he had T. Buck, he had a lot of those guys that were edgy guys and all that. He couldn't, he couldn't reach Randy Moss. Eventually, Randy matured enough to have a great career. Um, so you never quite know what it is with guys that uh, sometimes you think it's well the coach's fault and. Coaches, we we're responsible, but but you can lead the horse to water sometimes. Randy's just a weird bird too. Like he he applied for, I, I remember reading this, and he he applied for a special exemption so that he could move into a retirement home, uh, like a not a retirement home, but a retirement village, and you had to be fifty five or older. But he really liked the pond in the front. So here are all these here are all these people that are my age and your age, Chris, and older that are in their sixties and they're driving by and you know the, driving by in golf carts and Randy's yeah. jogging with his with his yeah. Nike up. Yeah, you swipe the card uh, to get in and the gate goes up and then who's that over there fishing in the pond? That he had to actually put in an application so he could fish in the pond and. Oh, that's just Randy Moss over there, NFL All Pro, casting a rod. I never heard that story. That's great. <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's weird. I told Randy, I, I've I've seen Randy a few times, and I said, you know, gotta hand it to you, um, because we were kind of criticized in Tennessee with the Titans by passing them up. We drafted Kevin Dyson that year. Oh, I remember that. Who's, yeah, he's a really good receiver. You know. Went to Super Bowl and with him, and he's you know had a good career. But we had Randy Moss, had him way up at the very top of the draft board. We had what we called a shield. We had a a color shield that would indicate that character or medical or or mental or something. And he had the character shield. And I told him, I said, Randy, and this is after that. I said, I got to admire you. I said. Uh, you 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 really straighten out your life, and uh, I, I I had questions that that you would do that, that you would be able to do that. And he said, "Well, thanks, homie." <laughs> That's what he told me. But you know, it's like people say, "Well, why did you know?" There is a lot of things that went on with Randy that were. I mean, it was a mile long. I mean, it wasn't just where he was an attitude guy. He literally, when he was young in West Virginia. He was about 30 seconds away from you not even knowing who Randy Moss is, being in jail for the rest of his life. He had, was beating a guy over the head with a pipe. And the guy survived because some of his friends pulled him off. But that, I mean, so he'd have been, you know, whatever they charged with. I mean, so there's a lot of things. I mean, the rap sheet, and, and when was our first year at Tennessee? And we're sitting there, you know, as you guys know, you live there. Yeah, all right. The first year, my our first draft, we're gonna draft a guy in the Bible Belt that had not only that, but some of the other issues with females. We're gonna draft that guy. Oh yeah, that would have gone over real well, and our owner would have really loved that too. 
this year. Did you hear the story? And Caleb, I know you want to jump in here, but d- just real quick, did you hear the story that was told on Monday Night Football about how he visited Tennessee during the Manning? It's during the Manning cast. Just oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't know that I buy that story. I, I that seems to me like Tennessee had some character issues, concerns as well. Do you? Yeah, do- I, I, I don't know. I don't know what uh, would happen. The whole thing about you know Peyton was was late driving in or he was somewhere and he and he was late coming in to pick him up he was gonna be the host but uh yeah look randy randy was a a character issue and you know with all due respect when particularly lou holtz but but particularly bobby bowden say you gotta go that's all that tells you right there that's the biggest red flag that you have and to be honest with you and and, and randy did tell me this uh, the, the, and this goes to show you how you can take a situation and you take a guy like that and you put him in a different situation. Randy might not have been successful because that was, you know, we talk about formative years for a child. Well, he's not a child, but they're formative years for a player. Character wise, he went to Minnesota. Danny Green was a mentor. Yep. Chris Carter was a mentor. Chris Carter had all sorts of problems and it straightened out his life. And if he's not there, I mean, like if he'd have been with us, or the I mean, cow- I, or the Cowboys, oh, the Cowboys, where you know Jared has said, "Man, go do what you." I mean, you know, I don't know. Once he figured it out, and he realized that you know what life was about, and life was more than what he grew up in, it was different. You know, it was different. Um, I remember when. My head coach and GM, they wanted to draft Lawrence Phillips over Eddie George. And I fought like hell for Eddie George, pardon my French, because I got to to know Lawrence Phillips pretty well. And I knew that I asked him, it's not funny. I don't know. I, I mean, it was, it was shocking, I, I, a nervous laugh. But when I asked him, I never met his father, never met his mother. The person who was closest to in his life was his brother who had been incarcerated in the LA, the Los Angeles uh, state penitentiary for like 15 years. That's the person who was closest to. And, you know, I mean, it it, it, it was a disaster waiting to happen in Nebraska during the season. I mean, he had all sorts of problems at Nebraska, you know, but they confined it and all of that. And, you know, he did all sorts of bad things, but, but when you take a guy like that and he's got money, and he's got an off season and he doesn't have structure, man, you're just, that's like, you know, throwing up, you know, a piece of paper in a hurricane and think you're going to catch it. I mean, it's just, it's just like herding cats. There's just no way. But anyway. Yeah. Just a quick funny tidbit. It's very ironic, Chris, that you guys didn't draft uh, Randy Moss your first year going to Tennessee because five years later, uh, three hours West, the Memphis Grizzlies become the first pro team in Memphis. They make a trade. To sell tickets for white chocolate, Jason Williams, who was Randy Moss's teammate at DuPont High School in West Virginia. They were basketball teammates, lost the state title to Martinsburg. Just wanted to throw that tidbit in there. And, and I think you guys know that the state of Tennessee, it's like Memphis and like Knoxville, or even Memphis and Nashville, they could just soon be in different states. They're nothing like one another. That could happen in Memphis, by the way. I mean, you could, I mean, because that's a, but, 
and the Bible Belt, and you know what I'm saying, you know, just kind of the the affluent Nashville and, and even in East Tennessee and country. Memphis is is like a whole different state. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it is ironic. And, uh, but we had that because we played in Memphis one year. But, I, Dave, I, I, I don't know if you agree with that, but I, I always thought like Memphis oh, was a, a completely different state. It was like oh, yeah. y- you were still in the same state, but it was like a different world. Yeah, you see as many, and even with college football recruiting, you almost see as many Ole Miss and Arkansas license plates as you do Tennessee. It's 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 yeah, it's a it's a way different. Being place. from there, you see more. Yeah, I mean, I, let, let me ask you this, Chris, because um, I've just pounded the drum, and some people like to rip me on Twitter, and that's that's all well and good that Tennessee should get a quarterback in the transfer portal. So I'm going to throw a couple of names at you, and then I got a surprise name and. And uh, I, I, I know you need to get rolling, so I will. No, 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 whatever. I, I go on and on, so I'm here as long as you need me. Um, a couple of names I just want to throw at you that Tennessee could go after, and I'm not saying that Nico's going to be a bust, but I do have concerns about Joe Milton from the get. Taven Jackson has not had experience, so you're going into a season in which the quarterback position is so important. One of these three guys could do a Hendon hooker and be a Heisman finalist. I'm not writing them off. So if you're listening, that's not what I'm doing. But I am saying that you have a lot of inexperience there. couple of names that I ran across that I just wanted to throw at you um, that I thought would be interesting for Tennessee to look at. Devin Leary, NC State, Hudson Card of Texas, you know me. I've got thick skin. If you think those are just stupid ideas, tell me. And then I've got one that's way out of left field that I'm hearing rumblings on that might enter the portal. But what do you just think about those two guys? Well, first of all, to bolster your point, people don't – you better have another quarterback. You better have three of them. I mean, you better have a pair and a spare. Because, I mean, what, what if he gets injured? You know, I mean, you better have guys – you know, in this day and age of the transfer portal and, and in certain injuries, of, oh, you better have options because you can turn around and it's a problem. You could have two injuries like this. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I saw a team this year go through four quarterbacks, four with injuries. So, now you, you need to get, get good ones. Um, I think both of them would be great. Hudson Card, I like a lot. Uh, I think Devin Leary it can – now, Devin, here's the thing on Devin Leary. He's not going to really throw into the spring. So and, and so you got to be comfortable that he's medically going to be okay. But I like both of them. Hudson Card is somebody that I think um, you get some – I mean, I, I think that maybe Alabama or Georgia may look at him too. Um, so I think that would be would be really good. Um, I think the kid, uh, Davis Brent of Tulsa, is one that um, you ought to look at. Um I'm trying to think who else that I had that I that picked that I thought would be uh, interesting. Um, now he's more of a move the pocket guy. Uh, Austin Reed, that's uh, the other Austin Reed from Western Kentucky. Those guys I think are are really good. Now he's a grad transfer. Now Austin to me would be really good because he's an experienced guy and he could be a really good backup, but also be somebody that could start for a while now. Again, he's going to want to look at an opportunity where he's the clear starter. So everybody's going to look at the Tennessee situation and see what they have. And 
see what they got coming back. And, and so that's going to factor into it. But ideally speaking, a guy like Austin Reed would be a great pickup for a guy that can be, a, you know, you don't look at them as mentors, but he could start if they need to. He doesn't need a whole lot of reps, you know, because he's much more experienced in practice. I'm talking about to be successful. So, um, those are some that I've thought of um, for Tennessee, but we'll see what level of interest the, there is both ways. Give me those again real quick, if you don't mind. Austin Reed of, of Western Kentucky is really good, and Davis, D-A-V-I-S, Bryn of Tulsa. He doesn't, those are, those he doesn't are very, his name right. Huh? Yeah, no. Mine's spelled the same way, and it's Davis. <laughs> yeah, all. yeah. Uh, what did I say, Davis Bryn? Yeah, it's Davis Bryn. The last name is Bryn. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I thought you said maybe it was pronounced Davis. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, actually, I have her pronounced Davis, but uh, yeah, let's go with Davis. Well, I'll just have to call him and straighten him out. Yeah, just call him DB. That's what everybody does now. DB, what's up? Come on over here. Those are two guys. Tulsa's uh, outstanding. You want to go and watch him play against Ole Miss this past year? Um, he was very, very impressive. Um, you know, yet. He's, you know, they're both of them are in the 6'2", 210-pound mode. So they're they're not the ideal pocket guys. I think they would 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 fit nicely, but I but I don't know that that that's where I, Josh would go. Can I throw one at you? Please. I heard uh, he's not in the transfer portal, um, but I heard that he might be. I heard that he was upset how he was utilized this year. And now he has leverage, and you're smiling. You can see where I'm going, I think. A guy that had a pretty good end of the season that's already transferred once. I've heard some rumblings that maybe Spencer Rattler might look at the transfer. Oh, oh, really? I've now, just... now, I'm going to tell you, um, he certainly, Tennessee fans will love him because they saw what he did. <laughs> and he played two weeks in a row very well. He scares me in terms of in this offense. Um, if he reverts back to throwing the football up for grabs, turning it over, what a disaster that would be! So that is a that is a uh, boomer bus guy there. I'd be a little weary of that. Might be a boom, but just as chance that big of a chance just might be a bus. Now I have heard, and I don't know this. I'll throw this out. I, I haven't really verified it, but since we're in the rumors, let's keep an eye out for uh, – and I don't think this would be a really good fit for Tennessee because of his age. But Ty Simpson, the five-star quarterback, um, he came down to Clemson and, he, you know. But now his dad, for some reason, is not like did not like Tennessee. And I don't know what – you know, maybe that's changed or whatnot. But obviously, Tennessee background – state of Tennessee background, mm-hmm. but he's a young guy kind of in that same, same grade level uh, as Nico. So I don't know that that's a fit. I think someone that's a, a little bit more of an older guy makes sense because to your point, what if Nico's not quite ready? Um, what if it takes a little time? I mean, you, you, you basically, and it's not like they can turn around and do something different. If they're not, if they're not clicking on all cylinders at quarterback, I mean, this is this is an average program. I mean, it's just, you know, it's go to a decent bowl game or whatever, but what you saw this past year doesn't happen because they're not they're not a team that can, you know, 
some teams can hide their quarterback for a certain amount of games and still win in other ways. Tennessee's, you know, they've got to be lighting it up. So you better, you better be, you better sell the idea that, Hey, this is a quarterback place to come and learn. And, um, you know, we, we need to, for Tennessee, you need to get as many of them as you can there because that's that's your key to winning. Chris, throwing heat as always. If you don't join LandryFootball.com, you are absolutely insane. Chris, thank you, sir. I appreciate it, buddy. Hey, thanks so much. Have a good one. That was good stuff. Have a good one, Chris. Chris Landry, man, we got to got it churned up a little there between Ty Simpson and Spencer Rattler. I'm in. Bring Spencer Rattler in the locker room. I don't think people bring really- him in just so he doesn't do to you what he did last year. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> and I don't think people realize how these young men view other players. There would be, I had somebody ask, oh, there'd be too much issues with transition. There would be zero issues with transition. If Tennessee thought, now if he's a jerk, he's a jerk. But if Tennessee thought that Spencer Rattler could step in the door and help them win football games, let me tell you, every one of those players would welcome him with open arms. That's They view it as a business. Same thing with opt-out. If you want to check the YouTube channel, talk to Cooper Mays about it. And he said, people don't understand. Some people's family need help. And you talk about NIL money all day long. But if, if you opt out and go to the NFL, and I'm just picking a position, let's say you're the left guard, you're not making a lot of NIL money. So you could go to the league and you're making strong six digits. That's a lot of money if your family is not in a great position. A conversation brought to you in part by Biles Automotive Group right there in Callahan. Biles Automotive Group on Callahan is absolutely phenomenal because they want, they need, and they appreciate your business. And, man, they love working with you, finding the right ride, getting a trade-in if necessary, and making sure that you're in the best automotive position possible. Callahan, it's the only dealership we work with at Off the Hook Sports. Why? Because we believe in them. They are phenomenal and also a service department second to none so we'll continue to look at the transfer portal and also this day in tennessee sports history and it's a goodie and we got to get some hoops in there so it's a busy show we are off and running i would love to see spencer i i like content i like stories i would love to see spencer rattler just visit just just to enter the portal and visit. I may be dead wrong. He might be Michigan. Or I'm sorry, Michigan. He might be um, South Carolina through and through. But he's already transferred once. And I know that out of, what, 12 games last year, Caleb, he looked pretty darn average. And we had, a, I can't remember if you were on or not, but a South Carolina uh, reporter was on and before the Tennessee game. And he said, they just need to let Spencer be Spencer. And almost to the point where I kind of poked fun at him after he was on, I said, yeah, just let the guy go rogue. Well, in retrospect, that worked. <laughs> it absolutely worked. I mean, Jeremy Banks helped by just breaking the team apart at that moment. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, it absolutely worked. Um, and, and like I said, this is going to happen with the transfer portal. I, I don't think we're this far away from this, Dave. You know, free agency, there's there's always talk in free agency in the NFL where you got to sign this player in case he signs with another team in your division. You don't want that. Maybe you might need to go after a transfer so he's not playing for another team in your division. <laughs> so, I want to ask you this. It's going to be today's tough question, and it's coming up. 
would you feel more comfortable with Spencer Rattler or Joe Milton being your starting quarterback next year as of all two minutes? Stick with me off the hook sports. Sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vassy's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vassy Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas, fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. Welcome back. He is the one and only Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. It is time for this day. Actually, let's get to today's tough question. I teased that, so I want to be legit in my teases. I'm not one of those guys that just throws stuff out because this is golden. Today's tough question is now, and it's brought to you by friends at City Heating and Air, cityheatandair.com, City Heating and Air Conditioning, Integrity matters. They'll take care of your HVAC unit. They are phenomenal. So we've lit up the uh, message boards and we're going to do the same on Twitter because I'm going to ask you a really tough question. And that's why we call it today's tough question. We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, eh, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh my God. All right. I teased it before. Here we go. Who would you feel more comfortable with heading into the 2022 season? If Spencer Rattler entered the transfer portal and became a ball. And I'm really simple, Caleb. I'm only given two options, my man. Transfer Spencer Rattler or Joe Milton, the third Esquire Jr., Whatever this suffix is, which one? Tell me. 
I, I, to quote Dave Wasserman for who works for redistrict and covers elections, I've seen enough and I'm going to say Spencer Rattler largely because Ouch. let's spend, we saw Spencer Rattler in this offense, you know, Josh Heifel runs a very, in Lincoln Riley run a very similar offense. Um, the funny thing is that Josh Heifel was fired by Bob Stoops because Bob Stoops wanted a different offense. Then he brought Lincoln Riley to run the exact same offense at Oklahoma. <laughs> but um, they run a very similar offense. Spencer Rattler struggled against Texas last year when he was with Oklahoma. He was really good, if I remember correctly, before then, wasn't he? And he lost his job to Caleb Williams, who is better than he is. I'll give you. Caleb Williams is better than Spencer Rattler. But – we know Spencer Rattler can play, and we know what he can do in an offense like this. And so I, I, I think I would say Spencer Rattler. I'm sorry, everybody. Look, I'm with all the message board people. I like Joe Milton. It's really hard for me. To, I think Joe Milton's one of the nicest guys. He's mentally tough. It speaks a lot to his character for sticking around, trying to learn behind Hooker. And then we saw him again take over for Hooker and start against Vanderbilt. And the accuracy issues on the deep ball still exist. And if they haven't been fixed now... I mean, why am I supposed to believe they're going to be fixed before the start of next year, guys? It's pretty split on the message board. Uh, Travis says Bazooka Joe, no doubt. Uh, Smoky Mountain Red said not going to lie, but after that game, I was thinking it might have a fit here as well. Um, again, here's what I'm hearing, that he is strongly considering it. I'm not reporting that he's going to enter the portal but I'm hearing that he was not real happy. And here's already a guy who has shown he's willing to transfer. So that's part of it. But I'm just hearing that he, he didn't think that he was allowed to be himself throughout, gosh, four-fifths, Caleb, of, of the season, and that he's there's concern. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, despite what they did to end, to end the season, South Carolina does not have a very good coaching staff. They just don't. And they should have figured out ways to utilize Spencer Rattler a lot earlier. If I if I'm if I'm Shane Beamer today, December the eighth, I'm doing all I possibly can to get him in aisle money so he doesn't look. But if Tennessee so can that, sorry. Are you saying that Spencer Rattler with South Carolina right now is like Joshua Dodge, Josh Dodge with Butch Jones? just really bailing out what is a bad coaching staff. That's what he yes. did by himself at the end. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. I, I think that coaching staff's bad. I don't, what, what, what do they do? I mean, literally, what do they do? I, I can, I can look at Georgia. They like to, they like to run the ball, set it up, play action. I can look at Tennessee. I can tell you what they do. I can look at Kentucky. I can tell you what they do. Not really sure what Florida's doing yet. By the way, Anthony Richardson, what are you thinking? Um, going to the NFL already. I don't know what South Carolina does. If I pressed you right now, Caleb, to give me an offensive identity, what is it? Yeah, I can't think of one. I mean, it's their identity special teams. I mean, to be fair, though, wasn't that Tennessee under former for years they always said it was conservative run the ball but I didn't I I I never believed I thought their offense was basically whatever their personnel was at the time 
went to oh yeah I, I i think david cutcliffe people hated on david cutcliffe when he was at tennessee i thought that was incredibly misguided i thought that he did a fantastic job and i, I thought philip former did a great job as well when he was the oc um so glenn says joe all the way uh, David says Joe has two years under Heifel. I don't think Rattler could learn it in two years. Guys, David, David, I man, I love you to death. You could learn this offense in two weeks. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's not. And, and by the way, we you're right. Joe's had two years in the offense, and we just saw him at Vanderbilt in the same problems after two years under Heifel existed that existed when he first started last year. Why do people think another offseason is going to be different for Joe? I don't know, but it's a safety read. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's not a difficult offense to run. That's not a knock on Hooker or anything else, but be sure to hit that thumbs up button. We appreciate that. It opens it up to more people and we like your input. Um, Smoky Mountain Red said, but I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. And Spencer uh, had a great year here either. Um, okay, so. Uh, and then here's somebody else, Travis saying, okay, Travis, because I I love that you brought this up. How about Rattler bailing on competition, struggling at SC, the bell again? Travis, I swear to you, three years ago, I would have agreed with you. You don't want that guy. He's a transfer guy. He's going to bail on you. I just think college football has changed now. I think it's just like if, if – yeah, so if Travis, if you got an offer for, for a better job, I think it's as simple as that. I I think that even more than you want to believe, it is a business. Now, do I think Tennessee had a special group that wanted to play for one another? Yes, Caleb, I believe that. But at the end of the day, when I talk to players, and I've gotten to know Cooper and Jacob more, well, not more, but uh, almost as much as, as some of the, the players that I've gotten to know really closely, um, at the end of the day, it, it, it is a business. They love Tennessee. They're Tennessee guys. But at the end of the day, if a guy comes to, I'll give you an example. I talked to Cooper about this on, on the YouTube channel. Check it out. Uh, I, I, if, if a player comes to him and says, Hey man, you're one of the leaders of this team, but I got to opt out of the bowl game because I can't risk getting injured, injured because my family is not in a great position. Cooper gets it. Cooper gets it. The rest of the players get it um, and listen it's more of a business now like it or love it than it's ever been Caleb it just is it is and also I think uh, all due respect to our message board uh, commenters we love them all um, but I actually disagree I don't think Rattler would be bailing competition if he came to Tennessee I actually think he would be embracing competition oh. because he's already guaranteed the starter at South Carolina if he comes to Tennessee he's going to have to compete for the job so that's not that would that would not be that would not be running from competition. The only reason he transferred from Oklahoma, remember, is because he thought Caleb Williams was going to be named the full time starter. So he transferred, and then Lincoln Riley goes to USC and brings Caleb Williams with him, and then Brent Venables comes in with. I I, I have a feeling Spencer Rattler might have stayed had he known Caleb Williams was transferring. He'd already lost that job. If he's going to Tennessee, he's embracing competition because if he stays in South Carolina, there is no way he's losing that job. No. Nah. I mean, he could come out and play horribly the first four games. Um, Spencer, or I'm sorry, Smoky Mountain Red said, as I mentioned earlier, fit matters with these kids. Look at uh, Hooker before Tennessee. I think you mean look at Tennessee before Hooker. I agree. But I think the chances of finding 
a once in a generational type of leader like Hendon Hooker are pretty slim. Now you don't want a guy that, you know, we mentioned Lawrence Phillips earlier in the show. You don't want a guy that pushes pregnant girlfriend down a flight of stairs. I mean, that, that would be the other end of the spectrum. Kyrie Hill got a Super Bowl, though. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, you, you don't want to bring those guys in. What you hope is that the guys you bring in in the transfer portal are at least semi-good dudes, and they get won over by the culture that Josh Heupel has built. That's what you're hoping for. You're not hoping yep. for the next Hendon Hooker to, to show up on campus and be, I believe, one of the best leaders that Tennessee has ever had in the modern era of college football. I, I mean, to hope for that is asking an, an awful lot. I mean, gosh, who's who's the last penultimate leader other than Hendon Hooker? Eric Berry, maybe? Eric was always kind of quiet. I don't know what he was like in the background. What about John Henderson? Uh, Henderson might have been one, but I'd probably go Al. Uh, Casey, in a quiet way, calmed people down, especially on the road. But, I mean, I just don't think you're just, yeah, Smoky Mountain Red said Iceman. We're we're thinking uh, along the same line. Smoky Mountain Red also saying Hooker was a unicorn. I agree with that. So, um. Let's oh, uh, Leonard Little. That was a name that came up. Oh, yeah. Quiet leader, too. Leonard Little, which we talked about the 1997 SEC championship game, was one of the players that thought it would be uh, wise that uh, um, he had some words with Peyton Manning during halftime of that game and said, there's no way we're losing this game. And that's the moment that he and Al took over that team. And they ended up pulling that one out. And they had a pretty good year in 98. Do you remember that? I think, I think they had one. I think they had a pretty good year. And so something, yeah. something like 13. I was an All-American that year, even though he missed like two two or three games. And I think it was just – I think Al's leadership made him an All-American <laughs> more than his numbers in 98. No, I agree. Um, and he had Dominique Stevenson and Eric Westmoreland. I mean, those those guys. Raynock Thompson. Yeah. Oh, I forgot Raynock. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Raynock was a guy that clearly had no care or respect for his body. He was too light. He played at about 215 and he hit people just, he was a just incredibly hard hitter. And I, I'm guessing right now that Raynock is somewhere waking up this morning and is in a little bit of pain because of that. Because he took it on to the NFL. He played like six years in the NFL for the Cardinals. Uh, yeah. And as a, matter, as a matter of fact, I think I remember him talking about how dysfunctional of a franchise they were at the time. And that maybe his career would have lasted longer had he been to a more competent, been on a more competent <laughs> NFL franchise. <laughs> maybe that's true, but I'm guessing his body would have broken down. Bassie Lawn and Garden in Cleveland, Tennessee, man alive, it's worth the drive. I don't care if you're in Nashville. I don't care if you're in Knoxville. I don't care if you're in Chattanooga. You owe it to yourself to call Bassey Lawn and Garden because they've got the industrial mowers, the commercial mowers. If you're starting a business coming up in this next season, we're almost there. We'll be there before you know it. It'll be March and that grass will be six feet tall. If you're thinking about starting your own business or you just want a better mower, Bassey Lawn and Garden, man alive, it is worth the drive. And uh, here we go. It is time for this day in uh, sports history and Brittany just continues to throw heat with her list. They are incredible. 
and Brittany, I know it's not easy. If you're out there listening, I appreciate all that you do because it is awesome because poor Brittany's working it so hard that we're going to talk a little Vermont today. Yes, Vermont. This day in sports history is brought to you by friends at Owl's Nest Barbecue and Steve Ray's Midnight Oil. Owl's Nest Barbecue has the expertise, the sauces and the rubs and the Green Mountain Grills that are fantastic. So check them out. It is this day in Tennessee sports history. This day in sports history. Putting things in perspective exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old when you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda LaFrada. You kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. Alrighty, the Vols beat Vermont on December the 8th, 1984, 85 to 48. Who can forget that game? Give us a quick breakdown, Caleb. My guess is that Dale Ellis was on that team. No, wait, was that was that Tony White or Dale Ellis era? Uh, the was that the Wizard? I'm trying to remember. I, 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 I don't. I'm, I, you know, the Don DeVoe era. Like I, I look back in history, it confuses me. I, I, it, was he run out of town basically at the end, which seems a little unfair because Tennessee had some success under him. <laughs> Yes, eventually he was, and he was replaced by um, Alan Houston. Houston, Houston, and that was basically to get Alan Houston. You know, Wade Houston was the Uber recruiter at Kentucky, and um, he he decided, God rest his soul, that uh, the best way to recruit at Tennessee was to watch soap operas during the day. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's actually true. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> but so, but why was Don DeVoe so unpopular? Because it seemed like he was having success at Tennessee. That was, I think there good. was, I think there was a little Kevin O'Neill action in that they weren't exciting enough. You know, Kevin oh, O'Neill. Okay. You look back at his record, but the scores were in the forties. I think there was that, and just the not breaking through. I think he was there a long time because Tennessee didn't really care about basketball. Um, you, you got to remember Doug Dickey was the AD. What did it really matter? I mean, if you looked at a spreadsheet, uh, football brought in 95% of the revenue and basket, men's basketball brought in five. So I just don't think as a businessman, it was a big deal. Um, real quick though, uh, your, your thoughts on the way Tennessee played last night and how this team is molding together this Rick Barnes basketball team. Well, uh, I hope you guys listened to the betting advice I placed on our on off the hook yesterday. Hit both Tennessee covered and the game hit the under. Um, I actually think this one stands out uniquely even more with their defense. I've been talking about their defense all year, but Eastern Kentucky was a unique team because they hit about 10 threes a game. And if you know basketball, you know that when a team is shooting the ball well from outside, how good your defense is, is completely 1000% irrelevant. <laughs> and so and they still held Eastern Kentucky to under 50 points. Um, they scored 84. That was without uh, – I mean, that, that that's without them still being fully healthy. I mean, look, I, these are these are lesser-tier teams, but Tennessee's not just beating these lesser-tier teams. They are handling them easily. Yep. And that matters. And they played Maryland on Sunday, and that's going to be an exciting one. I'm already on the under in that game. I don't know what it is, but I'm on the under because it's two defensive coaches. We'll see what happens. Please, before you leave, hit that like button, thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it. And share, tell a friend. That is awesome, too. We'll see you at 
12.30 Eastern tomorrow morning. Uh, we'll be joined by some special guests, as always. Give you an early look at Clemson. That should be fun. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Get better. Amanda, Off the Hook Sports. Check us out online, too. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Have a fantastic day, everyone. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply